Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. What is up, podcast listeners? And welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. Jacked on the bald stock. Bald! 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 Jack! Yes, folks, I am your host, Sam, currently, unfortunately, dealing with postpartum hair loss. Not too badly, but anyway, Sam Shorky. And I am Sarah. Ain't never going bald with all this hair, Shorky. But you did experience a little postpartum small animal in the drain hair loss for a few months too, right? I'm not the only one. We are sisters. Oh yes, the wet muskrat. It certainly wasn't at the balding stage, but I will warn all the pregnant women out there that it is shocking to see that much hair falling out. It really is. And as I already mentioned, I'm not bald either. Bald! I guess this is just the one time I will say to mom and dad, thank you for this thick, frizzy, coarse crap that sits atop of my head, but everybody will probably find this interesting to know that for the first time in, God, at least seven or eight years, well, I've been forced to rock my naturally curly hair every day. Welcome to motherhood. Mm. Ain't nobody got time for good hair. Yeah, but strangely enough, pretty much everybody has been complimenting my hair curly. Yes, it does look nice. You're the only one who thinks it looks hideous. Well, I even had our mutual vegan hairstylist and Patreon supporter, shout out to Kate. We love you. She cut my hair last week and for the first time ever worked with my curl. And I gotta say, it is growing on me. No pun intended. (laughs) But yeah, I'm just really trying to be as gentle as possible with my hair whilst I go through the wet muskrat in the shower postpartum phase, as Sarah would say. In all honesty, now that I have a kid, ain't nobody got time for a blow dry and a flat iron. Does this mean that you're going to stop shitting on my hair? Yeah, I guess so, Sarah. Anyway, on to going bald. Bald! (laughs) I actually love when we record these super random appearance health-focused episodes because they totally allow us to do fun research and, of course, share our findings with everybody listening. Yes, I'm sure everyone finds our internet research very scientific and educational. Well, this is actually a topic that I've researched quite extensively over the years, probably due to the fact that my hair is shit. So I like to think that I am an expert on the topic of hair health and even baldness because, fun fact everybody, I've kind of always had a thing for bald men as well. And I have not. Full disclaimer, you do need to have the right shape head in order to rock the bald look and me find you attractive. So like, kind of think Jason Statham or Vin 
Diesel. Ball! I feel like Vin Diesel doesn't really have the right head shape. Yeah, I don't even really find him attractive. Oh, really? I think he's super sexy, but maybe it's all about the body with Vin Diesel. Jacked, beefy, beefcake. Ball! So is it a bald head and body combo for you then? Like if George Costanza was jacked, he would really do it for you? Well, probably not. I think the whole attraction for bald men probably started because I once read that bald or balding men produce more testosterone. Have you ever heard that? I think that just encouraged you. You were already into bald men before you found that out. Well, I don't know where it started then, but I'm definitely not into long hair on guys at all. Didn't that look go out in like the 90s? Hell no, it is so back and with a vengeance, long hair and beards on every dude. Yeah, the long beard. I think it maybe has something to do with the Vikings show. Yeah, or like Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Or what's that reality show about the family of duck hunters? Maybe that's the one. (laughs) Anyway, getting off topic, kind of. So for a long time, I truly believed that bald men did in fact produce more testosterone, and I even once tweeted about it, and get this, I had several baldies tweet me back in kind of a creepy way. Bald! But the truth is, since doing all this research for this episode, we discovered that bald men do not, in fact, produce more testosterone. It's actually more about genetics than anything else. So it is true that balding is dependent on testosterone. And in fact, back in 1960, a Yale doctor named James B. Hamilton studied 21 boys who were undergoing castration. Eek! Shockingly, this was sometimes done to boys who were diagnosed with behavioral or mental problems. He followed them up, some for as long as 18 years, and found that they showed no signs of developing male pattern baldness as they were aging. So on the other hand, men of the same age who were not castrated and therefore producing testosterone, they already had receding hairlines. So Hamilton's findings of course suggested that high levels of testosterone might of course lead to baldness. But in fact, the level is irrelevant, providing there are some quantities of the hormone present. What this means is that it is not the amount of testosterone circulating in the bloodstream that dictates baldness, but rather it comes down to genetics. Several genes are thought to be involved, all resulting in hair follicles becoming particularly sensitive to tiny amounts of circulating testosterone. And the process to this day is still not fully understood, but we do know that it does involve an enzyme that converts testosterone into a substance called dehydrotesterone, or DHT in simpler form, which causes the hair follicles to shrink in some people, possibly by choking off their supply of blood and nutrients. And as the follicle shrinks, the growing cycle gets shorter and new hairs become finer until only the finest of hairs remain on the scalp.
scalp and eventually the follicle becomes inactive and hair is produced no more. I should also mention this starts on the top of the scalp and then moves down over the head in the characteristic shape that we all know as male pattern baldness. Also known as a cul-de-sac. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, do non-Canadians, though, even know what a cul-de-sac is? Yeah, good. French term. Good question. That actually never occurred to me, Mm -hmm. because clearly it's Canadian. But basically, it's a street. It's like a U shape. Mm -hmm. And with a balding man, it would represent the patch of hair that comes around the sides of their head from ear to ear in the shape of a U. Right. Hence, the cul-de-sac. Thank you for clarifying that. So yeah, to end this topic, bald men are basically genetically more predisposed to be more sensitive to this DHT hormone, but let it be known that the follicles on the chin are not affected by it, which is why beards continue to grow and why so many bald men always have a beard. And probably why women who take testosterone grow beards. And why elderly women grow beards too. No estrogen. Elderly? That starts happening in your 40s. You just wait. Oh God. Okay, anyway, to end the whole male baldness high sex drive theory because that I think is also why I was attracted to bald men and still am but I just wanted to say to all the bald or balding listeners that unfortunately you can't claim to be more manly all you can really do is blame your parents like all your other problems (laughs) yes and is it true that baldness comes from the mother's side yeah I always thought that too but apparently that's not even the case and it's more accurate to blame both of your parents for thinning hair and balding before the age of 40 may be dictated by a gene on the X chromosome, which is, of course, related to the mother's side of the family. But it's not like there's one gene for black hair and one for blonde or one for thick hair, thin hair. It's more, well, based on my research anyway, what is known is that there are a lot of genes, like dozens, that influence these traits. And because the androgen receptor gene is an X-linked gene, there's a slightly greater incidence that it will follow the mother's side of the family, but genetic hair loss is controlled by a number of genes. Therefore, both sides will definitely contribute to someone's hair loss. And for the record, non-genetic factors also can play a role in baldness. And I did read that there was a 2013 study of more than 3,100 Korean people, and it was found that smoking and drinking have an impact on whether they lost their hair early or not. So basically, the only way to prevent hair loss is to choose parents with great hair. Yes, but since we cannot choose our genetics, how about we decide? discuss some of the preventative methods that actually do work. But first, it's Patreon prize winner time. Free shit! So our last episode was all about Halloween, and we're giving away sugar-free and dairy-free chocolate chips from one of Sam's fave companies, Lakanto. Yes, I truly love Lakanto and all of their monk fruit-based products. What I have been doing a lot of lately is making a big-ass bowl of chickpea chocolate chip cookie dough every Sunday night, and I use their chocolate chips in it. And basically, I've been putting on my really sexy flannel 
flannel snowman pajama bottoms and an oversized hoodie. And I watched the new episode of 90 Day Fiance, don't judge me, eating the healthiest bowl of cookie dough I could possibly create. Guilt-free, baby, especially with those chocolate chips in it. And you can start making your own if you want. Trashy reality TV, optional, of course. But do go to lacanto.com, L-A-K-A-N-T-O.com, and use the code SHORKY30 to save 30% on the chocolate chips and whatever other amazing tasty treats that they have. They have a lot of them. Yeah, I've actually been enjoying their low-carb pancake mix. Oh, is it good? Good find. Nice, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Lacanto. All right, so who is the winner of the Halloween episodes, Lacanto chocolate chips made from monk fruit? Okay, here Plus, we we'll go. throw in some uh, JOTB stickers and magnets. And the winner is... Jody! Congratulations, Jody. Oh, I was just chatting with Jody. Back to being bald. <laughs> or how to prevent going bald, I should say. Although, I don't really think it's preventable. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. Well, obviously it depends on the cause of hair loss. So being postpartum, obviously that's a temporary hair loss. If you're rocking a cul-de-sac, sorry, you're fucked. Let's say you've determined that your hair loss is, is not due to hormonal changes. I know slow thigh can also be a cause of temporary hair loss or mineral protein deficiency, malnutrition, if you're like crash dieting or battling an eating disorder. These are all things that you can definitely change your behaviors and prevent the hair loss. Yeah, wearing super tight braids or ponytails is not helping either. Yep, I know that one. My hair always breaks off because I put in a high ponytail all the time. <sighs> yeah, anyway, so based on my research, it sounds like the best thing you you baldies can do is, here's a shocker, eat a well-balanced, mineral-rich diet that includes plenty of grains and beans and veggies and nuts and seeds. And I'm guessing most of our listeners are already doing that. You're damn right. And get this, apparently in Chinese medicine, it is believed that the kidneys influence scalp and hair. And so they believe that in order to grow long, luscious hair, you need to cut out the animal fats and meats because they stress the kidneys. And they believe that meat-based diets actually speed up hair loss. Apparently vitamin D is also an important factor in hair growth since it stimulates hair follicles and helps maintain thickness. Yeah, and then I heard that. vitamin A and iron can play a role as well. Oddly enough, having too much or too little vitamin A can result in hair loss. And iron deficiency can play a role in hair growth as well. Yeah, iron is definitely vital for healthy hair. In fact, I remember reading somewhere that there was a study done and something like 72 or 75 percent of the women studied who had thinning hair were also found to be iron deficient. Yeah, because when there's a lack of iron in your system, your body basically goes into survival mode in order to preserve or I guess channel oxygen to support your organs instead of sending nutrients to your hair follicles. And the same is true for eating disorders. When your body is malnourished, the protein stores in your body are depleted so the body must make sure it takes care of the essential functions over everything else. Oh. 
And keratin, the hair protein, is not as essential to our body's functioning, so hair growth stops. See, that is how cool our bodies are. And it's like the same thing that I tell my clients all the time about why we hit plateaus when we're exercising. Because your body is always trying to maintain homeostasis and operate in its most optimal form. And that's why we always have to keep shocking the body with new training protocols because our bodies are always trying to master whatever stress we put them through. And of course, exercise is a stress. So to address any kind of nutrient deficiency, the best thing you can do is take a good quality multivitamin that includes minerals. I know I've mentioned this on past episodes, but I really love the Performance Lab brand. It's bioavailability enhanced. It's their multivitamin. They have a formula for men as well as women, provides full spectrum of vitamins, minerals, plant enzymes, all to assure proper assimilation of those nutrients. If you want to get your own, you can head to performancelab.com and use the code JOTB10 to save 10%. But basically for hair health purposes, you want to make sure whatever multivitamin you are taking contains a good dose of vitamin C because that's going to support hair formation and help with the structural support of your hair follicles and vitamin E, which we probably have heard before. It's necessary for skin health as well as scalp health, which is skin, obviously. Some selenium in there to help your body appropriately use that vitamin E. And then you want to make sure it has zinc as well because that has been shown to help with hair growth and rebuild the strength of your hair. So basically is going to prevent it from becoming fragile if, like me, you wear your hair in high ponytail all the time and help prevent it from falling out for all you thin baldies out there. Yeah, and a good probably stop saying baldies. I was going to say, do the bald people like to be called baldies? I'm (laughs) I'm a baldy too right now. I'm pretty sure the baldies of the world would disagree greatly with that (laughs) comment. I was thinking another good tip to help prevent your hair from becoming fragile or falling out, maybe stop abusing it. Unfortunately, Sam has learned that one the hard way. Yes, folks. Sadly, thanks to so much flat ironing, tightly pulled ponytails, blow drying, bleaching, coloring, Brazilian blowouts. My hair hurts just listening to this. Yeah, did I ever tell you about my Brazilian blowout experience in Texas? Because they're actually illegal in Canada. Am I the only one who thinks it sounds like something really dirty? (laughs) Anyway, because I've always desperately tried to fight the curl in my hair, one time I was visiting a girlfriend in Texas a couple of years ago, and I decided to give a Brazilian blowjob to this old Chinese lady on Groupon. Now it's definitely something dirty. (laughs) Yeah, I purposely said that for you. But yeah, basically I had to sit down in this tiny room with 50 massive fans all blowing at the same time. What? What was that supposed to do? That sounds like a total scam. That wasn't the procedure. Oh, okay. I was wondering, (laughs) what does she charge? Because I can do that at my house. No, the fans were because she was applying formaldehyde to my scalp. For the love of God. Yeah, and so the scariest part 
part was that she had on this like Darth Vader style mask and all these fans blowing to get air circulating and I didn't have any kind of protection just her slathering my scalp with toxic corrosive chemicals and the shit they used to embalm dead bodies. Yeah what was this supposed to do like actually kill the curl? Yeah and it worked really well. They're now even illegal in the states too. No shit. I I wonder if that Chinese lady is still alive. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. She's probably a well-preserved corpse at this point. (laughs) Okay, anyway, while we're on the topic of topical solutions for hair loss. Nice. So what I think Sarah was trying to allude to was that proper hair care is obviously going to contribute to less breakage and healthier hair in general and healthier hair growth. Obviously, avoid using harsh chemicals and avoid heat styling whenever possible. You always want to try to let your hair air dry. Do you always let your hair air dry? Yeah. Well, if you are going to blow dry, you want to make sure to use a heat protectant spray or serum beforehand. And of course, use it on a lower blast setting or a cooler temperature. That's going to be better for your hair. And apparently that whole a hundred strokes before bedtime hair brushing (laughs) rule is total bullshit. Brushing actually pulls your hair out that isn't yet ready to fall out, which is interesting because scalp massage and any kind of scalp stimulation like that is one of the best things you can do to prevent hair loss, but brushing, I guess you're basically just like scratching your scalp and it's ripping your hair out. It reminds me of the vegan hippie beauty tips episode where you talked about massaging essential oils into the scalp. Yep, I've definitely done all kinds of vegan hippie practices to kickstart hair growth. Things like massaging rosemary oil or peppermint oil into the scalp is what I mentioned on that beauty episode. But they have actually been proven to stimulate hair growth. Oh, but now, Sarah, I have the ultimate vegan hippie hair growth routine that I will share. I just don't know if everyone's ready for it yet. It's it's a level 10. I'm on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by seat, I mean the floor of mom and dad's closet. All right, I'll let you guys in on this exclusive JOTB VIP hair growth hippie protocol. So this is what you're going to do. Combine rosemary essential oil with peppermint essential oil and a sprinkle of cayenne pepper or cayenne essential oil if you're a level 10 vegan hippie. You want to mix those things into a carrier oil such as coconut oil or castor oil or flaxseed oil if you have a dry itchy scalp. Then you're going to hang upside down. If you're like me and you have a pull-up tower in your apartment, you can just wrap your legs around the pull-up bar. Or if you're like me and have an inversion table, which is great for decompressing the spine, you can do it that way. Or if you are a level 10 meathead, you can use gravity boots. And then put a bowl under your head to catch the drips from the oil concoction (laughs) and you've got yourself one hell of a salad dressing to eat later. Well, the whole reason you're hanging upside down and you're also throwing the cayenne pepper in there is because it's going to improve blood circulation, which of course would promote hair growth. Oh, and here's one for the balding men listening. Apparently, preparations made from the stinging nettle plant may prevent testosterone from being converted into that DNA 
DHT we mentioned earlier. I definitely have seen some stinging nettle shampoos out there in the hair care stores. I think you can get it in supplement form as well. And if you want to take it a step further, I read in one of my hippie books that applying hot green tea to your balding heads will stimulate follicles and promote stronger, thicker hair growth thanks to all those antioxidants. But apparently you have to leave it on your scalp for a good hour to truly reap the benefits. Wasn't this episode supposed to be about postpartum hair loss? We seem to have covered everything but that. And you made me do a shit ton of research on it. All right, well, give us what you got then. Well, first, allow me to explain the science behind hair growth. Hair on our bodies grows in a cycle that can last anywhere from two to seven years. The active or growing phase of a strand of hair is called anagen and determines the length of our hair. After a period of time, the hair follicle enters a transition phase called catagen before entering its resting phase, telogen, and then shedding occurs, which is known as exogen, and the process starts all over again. So postpartum hair loss occurs after childbirth because of the sudden change of hormones in your body, particularly the change between progesterone and estrogen. During pregnancy, your body increases the amount of estrogen it produces, which signals more follicles to enter the growing phase than the resting phase of the hair growth cycle. So you tend to notice your hair is fuller, thicker, and it grows significantly faster. I don't know if mine grew faster. That's because yours died a long time ago. (laughs) Then following childbirth, the estrogen levels drop, returning to their pre-pregnancy level prompting the hair follicles to enter the resting phase and fewer hairs to grow. So after about 100 days in the resting phase, the hair begins to shed. Mm. Yeah, about three months, right, which mine hit me at four months. And that's also why it may become an issue as a woman ages. In pregnant, postpartum, and menopausal women, estrogen is the leading hormone that affects your hair growth. I definitely experienced the usual postpartum hair loss, but I really had no idea how severe it can be until I started researching this. Some women have it really bad to the point they have to cut or style their hair very differently and attempt to cover up bald spots. Well, that actually brings up another important piece of the hair loss puzzle. Wearing a hair piece? <laughs> good one. No, it's asking your hairstylist to give you a flattering cut. So thank God for Kate. Shout out. For instance, I learned that a layered cut will instantly make your hair look thicker or apparently a deep bang or fringe, I guess they call it now. Something Sarah has been rocking since birth can help a postpartum lady out who is losing hair around the temple area, which is very common. Or you could do what I've been doing, messy curls with a deep side part. And hey, you could always add extensions or a weave, but let it be known, those things majorly pull at your hair something awful. I used to have a brutal headache for a good 24 hours after I'd get my weave tightened back in the day. You could also get hair plugs. Yeah, but I heard the success rate for those is really hit or miss. They don't look very natural. Actually, I know a guy who got them recently and they do look pretty natural, but it's still early days for him. Apparently they're super expensive. And on that 
that note, shall we announce the Patreon prize for this episode, dear sister? Let's do it. All right, so this is actually a really awesome prize that I'm very excited about. We are giving away a whole hair care system from Monate Premium Hair Care. I'm sure some of you have already heard of them, especially if you've been experiencing thinning hair. I've definitely heard of them. They are actually known for being one of the best product lines out there for thinning hair. And it's what I am very excited to try myself in the very near future. I love that Monate is all botanically natural based. It's vegan, obviously, gluten-free, all that good stuff. Their shampoos are all formulated to help thinning hair. And our dear Instagram friend, Katie Lee, has gifted us an entire hair care system targeted at one lucky thin-haired Patreon supporter. (laughs) So, and that includes their intense repair treatment spray that I could use myself. So does this mean we have to remove all of the thick-haired patrons' names from the bucket? Okay, to our beloved patrons listening, can you each send us a headshot so we can determine (laughs) if you qualify for this prize or not? And for everyone else listening, if you want in on all this prize action, just go to patreon.com slash jackedonthebeanstalk to get your name into the hat. And it's a Tupperware. Whatever. Are we done this episode yet? Yeah, I guess so. But also, actually, before we finish up, here's a couple more tips for all you lovely listeners with thinning hair. Something else I learned in my research that I thought was worth sharing. Do not dye your hair extremely light or dark colors unless you want to draw attention to your scalp. And apparently, you can add a couple of highlights or lowlights around your face, but you just want to go with a few because, as we already learned, that hair dye also damages your hair. All right, Sarah, what song are we singing to conclude the bald cast? Well, researching songs about hair was interesting. And oddly enough, there's a song by Rush called I Think I'm Going Bald. Really? Yeah, but if I had to sing Rush, then I'd have to kill myself. That's very unpatriotic of you. Rush is so classic Canadian, eh? For me to poop on! Anyway, I decided to go with Moby because A... He's bald. And B, he's vegan. All right, sure. Isn't he more of a DJ, though? Well, yeah, his music is mostly samples of other songs, very right. old songs. Right. But nonetheless, he's sure as hell better than Rush. <laughs> and we're performing Why Does My Heart Feel So Bad? This is going to be painful. Sorry, everyone. And sorry, Moby. Why does my heart ding, ding, feel so bad? Ding, ding. Why does my soul ding, ding, feel so bad? Ding, ding, ding. Why does my heart <laughs> feel so bad? Why does my soul feel so bad? He'll open doors. 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 Open doors. <laughs> Are we done yet? <laughs>
Paul!